Okay, but from Albion Park, she is our Membership and Communications Manager, and she's online with us each and every Friday. Kate, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you going there? I'm really well. How are you looking forward to for night two of the carnival tomorrow night? Yeah, really looking forward to Echo Construction's night two of the carnival. Night one was a ripper, so we're going into um, yeah, a big night tomorrow night. Okay, so you were pleased with the opening night last week. It looked a really good night. Plenty of people on course. Yeah, it was excellent. The racing obviously was the highlight. Um, there was some yeah fantastic uh, winners. Max da Vinci was was awesome, and um, yeah, great to see the young guns Talia and Trent take out the trot. Um, also off the track, it was great, like you say. Embracing pacing launch was also good. So no, very very good. All right. Well, we've got another strong card tomorrow night. Ten races in total. Action just after five o'clock. What is your best bet? Uh, so my best comes up in the Group 2 Pride's Easy Feed for the Gold Mares race. I think Stunning Nun and Scarlet Babe will be the stars of the show here, but I'm putting the Stunning Nun on top. I think it'll be a staying race, and she'll prove too strong. Okay, so the Stunning Nun, you've gone with the uh, the Interstate Raider. Yes, I have. Yep, yep. Um, she didn't have much luck when she came up here last time, but she's racing in uh, yeah, brilliant form. So, yep, sticking with her. All right, okay, great. More to come tomorrow via the club's social media channels. Yeah, absolutely. Everything um, gets popped onto our social media channels, The Creek Albion, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and we'll have our butts best bets every Saturday, including tomorrow morning. Okay, we look forward to that. Thanks again, Kate, and we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. All the best, guys. There's Kate Button joining us from Albion Park. Kate's the membership and communications manager. So the Stunning Nun is Kate's best bet. And just checking that price for the Stunning Nun. Currently at 2.30. Scarlet Babe, 2.20. Kate thinks uh, those two uh, favourites are going to fight it out, but she's opting for the Stunning Nun. Ryan Spice is about to join us, as he does each and every Friday. He's always got the good oil for us, and he's online with us now. Ryan, good morning. Morning, Chris. A stunning none for Kate, but what have you come up with for night two of the carnival tomorrow night? Um, mate, my best bet I've come up with actually is for Melton um, that I want to give one a push. I really like Joanna, which is in race six, number five. Um, I think she's a star filly in her own right. She'll be in front and looks mighty hard to beat. Okay, so coming up with Joanna, Jared Daffy from TAB was just online with us and he said she has been very well tried already, Joanna. So uh, you're on that wagon as well. Yeah, absolutely. She's currently 225. I've marked her about $1.80, so I still think there's some value in her price. Mm, so what does Beach Music get out to, Ryan, in your opinion? It's odds on at the moment. Oh, I think she starts more like 260, 270. She's just a bit funky gate at the start. They can't push the button. And Joanna will just be straight to the front. Of course, the three stable mates, Chris, are all the favourites, aren't they? Tough Tilly's Emma Stewart's yeah. as well. Yep, indeed, indeed. It's a uh, it's a very strong stable with the young stock. Is there anything at Albion Park that uh, in interests you in any way, shape, or form tomorrow night, Ryan? Yeah, one at a price that I'm keen to back, and hopefully they go up double figures. Uh, race one, number ten, is our major day. This pace has come back in super form after a break. And the whole of Dale March's team is just absolutely flying. I think 2100 really suits him, and it looks a relatively even race. And I think he can get the job done with an ounce of luck. Okay, so race one, number 10, our major day. That, that's a good lead because that does look really open, that first race. Yeah, yeah, it looks a, a very even contest. 
How short does Mac Da Vinci start, in your opinion, tomorrow night? Uh, I think he starts at dollar forty. Dollar forty. Okay. So there's value there at the sixty dollar uh, sixty five. Yeah, I, I think so. And the main reason is he'll be in front after they've gone four hundred meters by by look by the looks and. His main danger in Majestic Cruiser or the second best performed horse, he's just got no early speed and no tactical ability to actually be put in the race and take it to Mac Da Vinci. So, you know, he's got to be coming from last. Um, Mac Da Vinci's going to be in front. He's airborne. Shane just needs to keep rolling, keep the tempo high, and, and he should be very, very, very hard to beat. Okay, so Mac Da Vinci for you in the Queensland Cup. As always, Ryan, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. Thanks, mate. Cheers. There's Ryan Spice joining us. So keen on Joanna. Oh, I've got a feeling she's going to start quite short by the uh, uh, the time that race jumps tomorrow night with Jared giving her a good push. Ryan's clearly with her as well. So uh, a yeah, good move there for Joanna. He was also keen here locally tomorrow night. Race one, number 10, our major day, and he's certainly not tipping mm. away from Mac Da Vinci. So Are you going to put that horse into your calculations? Um, now, obviously, Which Daniel, one? Ryan's one in the first at the Creek, Chris. Yeah. Our major day. Well, uh, I had him in the mix, but um, I thought it was really open that first race there, Steve. So um, I'll, I'll definitely respect the opinion. So um, yeah, he's in the mix. He's a last start winner. He's fit. He's in form. And uh, as, as Ryan outlined, Dale March has got his team flying at the moment. Clint will do is going well. He was in the winner's circle yesterday here. So yeah, it's a stable in form. Mm, so them. the consensus of opinion is that turn it up or lead, that horse will just keep pushing and get to the front. I know that's what you think. Ryan thinks it. I'll be interested to see what Darren Clayton thinks as well, who joins us now. Darren, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Steve. Where do you see Mac Da Vinci? How do you see it playing out in that first sort of 400 metres by the time they get to the mile marker? Yeah, it's hard to see anything other than Mac Da Vinci getting there. We know Turn It Up's got that blistering early speed. He probably gets there easy enough. Um, Mac Da Vinci probably doesn't have to engage in any early speed battle with him. Um, can just float forward enough of his own steam and then and then take over. I don't think the way Turn It Up is going, they'd be wanting to try to lead throughout anyway. The only other viable scenario that I could possibly see taking place is... Um, turn it up just stays out of that early speed and Mac Da Vinci just goes straight to the front and takes over from Northview Hustler. Outside of those two scenarios, uh, uh, I can't see anything else happening. But either way, that's Mac Da Vinci in front. Okay. Magister Cruz is the interesting runner. He's in the market. Ryan just said he lacks that tactical speed, the early speed, and he's drawn widely. So he could be in for a tough trip here on his local debut. Yeah, certainly, certainly does. That early speed's a big thing, and most of his pattern seems to be coming with sort of a one run or with a, a cart into the race. So um, you wouldn't think that they'd travel all this way to go and sit outside the leader and burn their chances straight up. That then makes it very tough for him because he's going to be a long way back from gate six. He won't be, he won't be getting in anywhere until he's at the tail. You wouldn't think, but um, you know, some of these races they can throw up different scenarios early on if there's something is a little bit keen but on face value it appears he'll be at the back and needing to come that said he's bringing pretty good form the last start len mile len smith's mile um wasn't a placing but he was only about four or five meters from the winner the black prince in that race and the star prior to that it was in the victoria cup so um 
pretty strong form lines for a race like this. Darren, last week you pointed out about turning up. You said when there's a bit of heat on up front or sectionally, uh, he can be very vulnerable. If it pans out like most expect that he sits behind the, the short price favourite here, can he run into a place sitting on the back of the league with a more economical runner not leading this time? Yes, certainly, and that has proven the the case previously, Steve. And I think just the way he's going at the moment, maybe they, um, you know, that could just be an option, just change his pattern up. Um, Those races, he had won three in a row leading into last week, but as as I outlined, the first half in each of those three races was pedestrian at best for this greater horse, and he only had to sprint home the last little bit. And uh, while he was able to do that, it was a different kettle of fish last week when the big boys come to play over the, the sprint trip where uh, a little bit extra prize money certainly makes everyone a little bit more keen. Darren, we've got that uh, first four jackpot of $10,000 with Tab on this race. So Mac Da Vinci looks the obvious, but as we've said all week long, it looks really wide away from Mac Da Vinci. So you're still going to get some value if you're playing that first four. Yeah, certainly are, Chris. And, and while I've got Mac Da Vinci on top and I think he wins the race, outside it, like for mine, the price is too short. And, and from a punting perspective, I'm actually um, uh, on speech is silver, horse number nine. I think he represents good place value at the moment. And if we're looking at those first four, uh, that projected jackpot, I think he certainly is one to, to certainly consider throwing in as perhaps even... Um, you know, some extra numbers, second and third. But um, like I said, as a place value value proposition, I think he was about three dollars sixty at one stage. Three twenty uh, now. Three twenty. Well, there we go. Um, he he didn't go around in last week's sprint. So outside of the others, Majestic Cruiser, the new one up from Sydney, uh, most of the others went around. Speeches Silver stayed home, so he's coming into this a little bit fresher. He is. Uh, much better suited at the 2100. His Albion Park record at that is absolutely superb. And his closing sectionals in recent times, absolutely uh, uh, brilliant. He's continually running top top sectional times. Just needs a bit of luck. He's a very one-dimensional horse. If he settles close enough, uh, look for him charging over the top. But in terms of a first four, I'd be working him into it. I'd be working uh, a horse like Canina Problema, um, we saw how good he finished that race off last week with um, zigging and zagging, taking runs, and we were in the driver's seat with that vision that came out of that run. So everyone's seen how good that was. Certainly um, throw him in or throw in Majestic Cruiser, and you can't um, leave out a horse like Blacks of Dance if those gaps open up. He was good last week. Interesting driver change, Narissa McMullen getting the steer this week on Blacks of Dance. So... Um, he should be just tucked in there behind there somewhere. So certainly, if we uh, anchor Mac Da Vinci out in front, or as as you like, Steve, perhaps a roving first ball with Mac Da Vinci. <laughs> yeah, <Hoping>, yeah. <laughs> what you do when you take rovers, you always hope that uh, something at odds rolls your, your rover. Um, well, that may not be happening this week. <laughs> that's Maybe right. that's not the best way Maybe to Maybe it's play. not the way to go. You don't want to take a first ball rover when you can just nail it one, two, three, four in order. But anyway, that's for another day. Um, your best bet last week saluted, Darren. We had to wait till the very last race last Saturday night. Herb's hero, homie went. What have you come up with? What is your best bet tomorrow night? Well, there's two I like, but sticking with the theme, well, let's be patient again. It worked last week. I think it can work again this week. Race 10, and it's horse number four, first string. 
Now, this guy does his best work when he's up in front or outside the leader. And last time out, he drew the second line in the heat of the peak of the creek. That really didn't suit his style. Um, he gets gate four here. Glen Eagle Warrior draws gate one again. It was run down last week over the mile leading. I don't think they'd be um, wanting to to test their chances of taking this all away. Or if they do, I think first string can still sit outside him and beat him. And I think he's got the others pretty well covered as well. So race 10, horse number four, first string, is a triad winner a couple seasons back. I think he gets the cash for us. Okay, so race 10, number four, the best bet. As always, via the Racing Queensland website, uh, the Darren Clayton dashboard is available. All the information for this big meeting is available through that, so make sure you check out that uh, website, Racing Queensland, and you'll be able to find the dashboard there. Before I let you go this morning, we're drawing to the end of the year, which is the end of the season for harness racing here in Queensland. And when you look at this meeting tomorrow night, there's plenty at stake for a number of these horses, uh, Darren, because... As far as the, uh, the the chances of being crowned the horse of the year, whether it's a pacer or trotter, there's a lot that's going to go on the line here tomorrow night. With the trotters, uh, Red Castleton, if he can win again like he did last week, it will certainly boost his claim. Sir Fahrenheit with a victory, that'll put him right in the mix as well. So they're probably the main two with the trotters. And as far as the pacers are concerned, Gerarda's Delight, she was a winner last week, taking the Queen of the Creek. We know she's a Group 1 winner already this year, winning the Golden Girl. If she can win this Group 2 Forever Gold, that will give her an extremely good chance. But Teddy Disco, the two-year-old, the juvenile for Sean and Michelle Grimsey, he's a Group 1 winner already this season. If he claims that uh, two-year-old feature, which is a, a great race, race number five, it will certainly boost his claims as well. So there's a lot at stake as far as Horse of the Year honours are concerned tomorrow night as well. I can't remember it ever being this open for for any of the titles, Chris. There's been no real standout. If you look first up at the two-year-old, we're talking about Teddy Disco potentially being also the, the horse of the year if he were able to win that. He's um, got that Group 1 victory. Um, you could also throw in a case of Away We Go then. Uh, he was yeah. the Group 1 triad winner if he wins that tomorrow night um, from Gate 3. Um you know, and like you mentioned, it it is probably the last opportunity for a lot of these horses to stake their claim at group group level. Um, you know, as we look at the three-year-olds, Manila Playboy, he's first up from a spell, faces a huge task from gate seven first up, but he's also a group one triad winner back in May. So you you're then throwing him into the to the mix. Last year's Trotter of the Year, Majestic Simon. Well, he probably doesn't. Uh, get a chance to, to replicate that title, but he can go a long way by winning that uh, race tomorrow night. If he were to win that, well, it certainly boosts his claim of at least being uh, in the in the conversation. Um, as far as the open class performers go, who you look at a, an open age horse of the year, well, that's wide open as well. You're probably looking at a horse perhaps like Will the Wizard um, went in a state to compete and, and made it through to a Chariots of Fire final. Um, you got Turn It Up, uh, trained and, and raced by Vicky Rasmussen, got a few wins throughout the season. It really is wide open. And like you say, it's the last chance for a few of these. Gerard is delight. She's probably 
she's probably in the driver's seat at the moment as far as horse of the year title is concerned. Um, she's got that group one victory. She's got a group victory uh, was listed last week with the, uh, the queen of the creek. She's the golden girl. She's the queen of the creek. Can she also claim the forever gold? Who, so if who she votes? goes, uh, I'm not sure. Number of people. Yeah, it goes goes far and wide. There's obviously so, so media um, and different people. Okay, media and in yeah. industry um, insights. I know that um, so the, the, a voting kit is put together and sent out with all the information. And um, there's a short list. You don't have to follow the short list. I don't believe. Um, once that short list is sent out, and you get to choose in, in each of the different categories. Well, given the fact that there's been no dominant free-for-all, it just really opens things up. So that's why Gerardas Delight's got an excellent chance. Uh, and Teddy Disco, away we go. They're going to be right in the mix for the overall horse of the year title. And the Trotters is, is just as open. So, yeah, really interesting. Uh, just another sidelight to that big meeting coming through. Ten races at Elderby Park tomorrow night. 5.15 is start time. Darren, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's going to be an absolute cracking night, I can foresee.